Support for WXAV 88.3 is being provided by Northwest Community Credit Union, located on campus inside the Graham School of Management. The credit union helps students learn about the importance of good credit and how to better manage their finances. Do you know the importance of a good credit score or what a Roth IRA is? Learn about these concepts and many more on NWCCU's free financial literacy modules located on their website at nwccu.com or call them at 1-800-TO-BELONG. Support for WXAV 88.3 FM is being brought to you by Bookies, new and used books. Bookies has two locations, one in Chicago at 10324 Southwestern Avenue and its new location in Homewood at 18109 Dixie Highway. For more information, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Salutations, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Player Profiles Podcast. I'm your host, Jotham Israel, and if you're looking to hear the fantastic stories of all the athletes we have here at St. Xavier University, then you have come to the right place. Oh, hold on. Coach is calling to play. All right, I want SXU football, Evergreen Park, Illinois, running back, Jesse Plunkett. All right, listen up. SXU football, Evergreen Park, Illinois, running back, Jesse Plunkett. Let's make a play. Great. Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time out to come here and do this interview, man. Oh, for sure. I'm so excited right now. You know, I love doing podcasts and interviews and stuff. It's like one of my passions. Right. So, um, you're a running back, huh? Yes, sir. Uh, so why running back? I think I like uh, having like control of the game. You know, I like to have the ball in my hands right away and do something with it. I've been playing running back since I was like seven years old, playing football and stuff. So ever since I knew how to play, that's the position I played. <laughs> so it was kind of like you just kind of grew into being a running back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like now a lot of stuff comes second nature and it's just like, we do the drills, and I can just do anything running back related, you know. And it's like it's still uh, nice to learn new stuff and like to perfect my craft, but that most of the like cuts and stuff is just secondhand, you know. Mm. What would you say is your favorite move to utilize as a running back? Definitely the um, definitely a quick cut or a juke move for sure, just mm. to like make someone miss just a little bit enough for me to get past them, you know. Mm. Kind of like a strategy thing, you know. Yeah, just so I can like. It's not like conserving, but it's like so I can get to my full speed faster. You know, it's like trying to get through, 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 and then big burst. Right. So you played running back at Brother Rice. Yes, sir. Um, right down the street. Right down the street. Yeah, right down, like literally right down the street. Um, and as you know, Brother Rice is a pretty successful football program. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You've been in some games. Uh, mm-hmm. You've been in quite a few games. Uh in your lifetime as a crusader, how would you, um, when you look back at it, you know, how much did you enjoy, you know, playing football there at Brother Rice? Looking back, I think it was an amazing experience. We were playing, we would play games and have like 5,000 people at like most of our games, just because we're playing teams like Loyola, Maris, like top 10 teams in the state on the weekend, week out. And it's like, we, you have to win. It's winter, go home for like playoffs and stuff like that. We went all the way to state my senior year, and I wouldn't trade that experience in for anything. Mm. Yeah, and obviously, 
you know, those, you know, junior year, senior year battles, um, they were as, as as intense as they come. And obviously there are a lot of ups and downs, you know, it's just like a roller coaster. When you made that big playoff run in 2018 at Brother Rice, like what was the energy like? You were playing October and November football. That That is definitely a different experience that a lot of the kids in high school don't get. I'm very fortunate to have. Because when you're in a winner go home situation and you're going out there and practicing on Thanksgiving Day, it's like you know that it's bigger than just you. It's like you're playing for all the alumni that have been there in the past. You're playing for your parents. You're playing for your siblings, everything. And you're playing for that guy next to you, most importantly. you know. And it's just like we would be there. And it's Thanksgiving. So it's like that's our family, too. And we're out there and we're the vibes are great. The vibes are honestly just great. Yeah, and obviously, uh, this is completely corny, but brother is in the name of the school. So brotherhood obviously looks like a very crucial thing um, with those guys. Like when you look, when you look back at the times that you had with your teammates or your brothers, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, what I mean, um, what was kind of like the experience like having those guys around you and just being able to play football with? the guys that you hang around with the most. Yeah, it's like you know you know how a person's like gonna react or like in terms of like you know what they're gonna do on the next play just because you hang out with them every day. You know? And it's like we don't going to uh all boys school too, it's like there's like no distractions, stuff like that. Not just saying just girls, but like there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into like a co ed school. Mm. So having just one gender, there's a lot less uh like I don't even know how to explain it, but I think that the commodity and like the grouping, we we would be in the locker room playing music like 30 minutes before practice, just like having a party in there. And we'd go out and ball out and come back in and do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Just straight vibing. Yeah. We literally, after every game we would win, we'd be like, ain't no matter how we were singing that song. Let's <laughs> 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 uh, that movie. Uh, Remember the Titans. We never mm. say that. We do that same thing, man. Oh, man. I was living that life, yes, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we would win every game, too. So we would win, and we would go out after a game, have a party at one of my friends' house, you know, that thing. And it's just all, like, we were with each other all the time. And that made us so good, you know? Mm. So I want to ask you, I've always wanted to ask uh, a football player this. When you realize, like, as a number one seed that you had to play a road game, did was there any like confusion in your head? Like what? We're the we're the one overall seed. Why are we going on the road? Did you ever feel like the IHSA's rules for? It's kind of messed up for sure because like if the lower seed wins, you play at their place or whatever. Because it's like it should be home field advantage the whole time. You know, I feel like we should have never played away, but it was still a great experience. Like we played Marist away in the semifinals, and it was literally like over ten thousand people at the game. It was insane, man. Like, everywhere you look, people, there's people, the stands were completely packed. There's people surrounding every single gate. Like, my parents had to get tickets, like, the day that we won the game, the next day people were buying tickets. Damn. We won that quarterfinal game, next day, tickets were sold out. It's crazy. Right after the Warren game? Right, like, literally the next day, Sunday, the tickets went on sale. Because Maris won, too, and it was, like, the craziest thing ever, like. Everyone's like rematch from the first game of the season that we barely won. And the first game of the season we won, it was like 
Ooh, it was a minute ago. I remember. I think it was like sixteen to ten or something. Like it was so close. Like we came down to the fourth quarter and won it. And they felt like they were supposed to win that game. And I understand that, but we felt like we were supposed to win it too. And we showed them the second time we went fourteen to three. So it's pretty convincing. You know. Wow. Dude, how fun is it to be in an environment like that, in an atmosphere with, with all that context, like thinking about all that stuff on game day? How does like what 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 is your mind telling you in those moments, man? It's like it's a bunch of nerves. It's definitely a bunch of nerves before the game. And like I'm I definitely get butterflies, but like once I get on that field and I start playing, I can't hear anything. Like literally I only hear you when I come on the sideline. Because when I'm in that game, I'm in the backfield, I'm just focused on my play and that's it. Everything else is drowned out. I like not a, I can hear a dime drop next to me on the field, seriously. Mm. That's crazy, man. So, obviously, when you made the run to the state, um, obviously, people were thinking, you know, you guys were heavily favored against Loyola. And then, you know, obviously, things didn't play out the exact way that you wanted it to. Um, Mm -hmm. When you, you know, went home after um, that game, like, what was the experience like? And how did you, um, you know, well, like, what was the what was the bonding like? What was the moment like? I know it was a heartbreaking loss to lose in state, but right. you know, you went all the way. And it's like some people say that the greatest stage is to get to the championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of what happens then, it's like you don't want to lose before the last game of the season. Right, right. Because it almost feels like, you know, the job isn't done. Obviously, you want to win a championship, yeah. but it's like getting there is almost as you know, as almost as big of an accomplishment in itself in its own right. Right. No, because it is like getting there is like, that's going to get you talked about too. You made it to state. That's going to be, that's a big thing. But like for us, we had went undefeated and we were playing a team that we already beat during the season. So we were like, we, we, our heads were huge. Our heads were huge. I'm not even going to lie to you. Some kids were bringing like Hawaiian shirts and stuff to wear after the game. Cause mm. we want like, and that's, and it's messed up. We lost because we had, we had game planned a certain way, and I don't think I think if we would have stuck to the game plan, we would have been in better shape. But I can't say that now. This is like three years, four years ago, you know. But mm-hmm. um, like I had like 40, 40 rushing yards in the game, and I was averaging like a hundred a game. Mm-hmm. So they were shutting me down pretty well. I probably had the most yards out of an individual player on my whole team, and it was forty. So you can imagine how defensively that game was played. Our defense had three goal line stands. Literally wow. taking the ball from three different times. Like, literally, first and goal, and either a field goal or, like, complete stop. So, they were balling out. The Loyola's defense was balling out, too. Like, I'm going to give them a bunch of credit. They really had our number that game. Their coach also was a great coach. He used to play uh, linebacker for the Bills for 10 years. Like, wow. so he knows the stuff, yeah. So, it's a lot that goes into it. But um, the actual, like, I will always give respect to my uh, high school strength coach, Coach Kano. Mm-hmm. He, at halftime, he gave us a great speech. And he's saying, like, this is what we work for. Like, this is this is all you got right now. I can't do it for you. You got to do it yourself. And we went out there and we scored three points right away. It was 10 to 3. And we ended up giving a late field goal. We never scored again. You know, but it was tough. But we definitely gave our best shot once we came back out there. You know, and then we came back in. He talked to us again. And it was sad. But it was like, look at everything you accomplished, you know. It was like we did something that hadn't been done in brother or sister since 1985. Like, Rice didn't go to state since 1985. 
Rice didn't have an undefeated season since like nineteen before that. Like literally, we were we were thirteen and zero going into that championship game, and mm-hmm. that was unheard of. And we were just different. Like our freshman sophomore year as a group too, we went undefeated as well too. So we knew we were wow. going to be special, and we had that camaraderie and like that bond that we needed. We just couldn't finish when it counted, and that's a, that's just what it come down to. Like, yeah, it's real sad, but. I mean, how long did it linger around? Like, did it, did you feel the impact like during your classes the very next week, or did it? Did I it would kind say of just... that probably seventy five percent of the team skipped school the first day back. Wow. Yes, I didn't go to school. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't go to school. We were like that. That hurt so deep because we beat that same Loyola team. Like that Loyola team was. Um, so three like, lost. Team. I told you we were. Um, but, like, freshman and sophomore year, we were undefeated. Mm-hmm. They only had one loss those years, and it was to us. And so they knew what we were about. They were, We were the only team that they couldn't beat. They were beating everyone else, but they couldn't beat us. And then their senior year, they had, like, some – their QB was hurt for a couple of games and stuff like that, so they did take a couple of L's. But mm-hmm. when he came back, they, they had a playoff run that was crazy. We kept seeing them win, and we're like, bro, how are they winning? We, we beat them 35-3. to How are they winning games in the playoffs? Literally. And they beat Lincoln Way East that year, too. I remember. That was supposed to be, like, the best Lincoln Way East team of all time. Like, literally. And they were blowing teams out 42 nothing, and then Loyola beat them. And everyone's just like, what is going on? Like, it was one of the best playoff runs in history that Loyola had. Yeah, dude. All credit to them, for sure. All credit. I will say this. I still am very, very salty because it should not have been you guys versus Marist during that mm-hmm. run. It should have been you versus me. Because I went to HF and we lost to Marist oh. um, before your game yeah. against Marist that game. So it, it should have been. that morning game? <sighs> yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. We were watching film. We were watching film. Dude, I was so, I was so upset. Were you there? No, I wasn't there. But, bro, we were supposed to get rice, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, we man. We were playing all the same teams. We were like, we want some good teams, you know. Like, we played that, that, that Warren team. I thought that Warren team was great. And we beat them 20-0, but they hung in just as good as any team that we played before that. And, like, teams had that – like how you said we wanted Rice. Mm-hmm. Teams really wanted us. Like, they were, like – they wanted our number. Wow. Like, seriously, that year they were, like, everyone wanted to play. Even though we were top dog, they wanted to knock us off. Like, 100% knock us off. And it was, like – it was a good experience to have that – to have that target on your back. But it's, like, you have to consistently show up. You have no wiggle room to be bad at all, you know? Mm-hmm. So there did come a time where you were graduated, you had graduated, and Brother Rice went from number one seed run to the state to, okay, they're five and four, and they kind of fell off a little bit as a 24 seed, but then they went on a on a run for the ages as a 24 seed all the way to the state semifinals. Like, what was it like watching Brother Rice go from being the bullseye team to watching them bullseye everybody else from a distance while you were in college. So yeah, the year so the year after I was uh graduated, I was at COD and I would be home for all the games. My homie one of my best friends now to this day, Jack was on the team. Giacomo and he plays at Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. Those kids, they went through so much that season Ups and downs with quarterback. They didn't have a real quarterback because the guy that graduated with me was uh, All-State. He won a conference play of the year. He won um, 
any award that you can think of, this man won. And then so after that, they have to fill his shoes. And he, the the QB struggle, they ended up bringing in a sophomore to play QB the last game of the season against Mount Carmel. Jack Louse, he's playing QB at Northwestern now. Go, literally, like, crazy athlete. He was wearing number 37 playing QB because he played safety. <laughs> they put number 37 at QB. And then it, that first game they put him in, though, he had like an 80-yard touchdown run. Oh, like, right. Whoa, Touchdown really? run, yes. This dude was legit. This dude is different. He is at Northwestern right now. You will hear about him soon, I promise you. And just going to watch their games every week in the playoffs and stuff, it was like they had that heart. Like, seriously, they had, like, some different type of heart. Because they didn't even have um, necessarily, like, they couldn't replace everything that we had, but they had that extra heart, you know, that made up for it. And they even, I went to their last game when they lost to Warren. It was a rematch, Warren, from when we played them. Uh And it was just like they kind of ran out of gas. It was like they put so much into those first three games that once they got there, they they really ran out of gas. It was like so much. Um, the t- the other team was good too, and there was so much stuff going Warren's way. Like there was literally a play where Warren's running back fumbled, and Warren's wide receiver picked it up and ran eighty yards for a touchdown. Oh man! Like I was just what utter shock. You you could hear on the sideline complete silence because for something like that to happen, it's like. The world doesn't want you to win at that point. Like, there's nothing you can do about that one. So it's tough. But I thought, I thought what they showed that year was very impressive. I thought that for them to be five and four and be a twenty four seed and make it that far, different for sure, different. Yeah, and that they also, I mean, I would run out of gas a little bit if I beat a top ranked team in a. In a quarterfinal game, yeah, I mean number one, they beat number one the um in the quarterfinal. I think Manuka was the number one yeah, seed that, and, that year, and so kids on my team played on these teams like at St. Xavier right now. In week two, I mean week two of the playoffs, they played uh, South Elgin. Vince Kleinite plays mm-hmm. linebacker. He went to South Elgin, and he was like South Elgin's best player. And then Manuka had um, Nick Schultz. He played for Manuka. That, yes, so I'm set. All these guys that I'm playing with now played against Brother Rice, and oh, they know man. about it. Like, it's crazy to think about. Dude, what's the dynamic like? Well, let's transition to college. That's a good cool. way to transition to college. What is the dynamic like seeing these guys that you played against in high school, and now you're in the same locker room, you're in the same brotherhood as them? What is it like? It's it's definitely cool. It's like it's a different experience too, because I've lived over here too my whole life. Like I've lived in the area, and these dudes are from out far coming over here. So it's cool to meet new people. And I came in, I transferred too. And they welcomed me with open arms. Like I got cool everyone so fast. And so we talk stuff for sure. Every time we get on the field, we always talk stuff to each other. When it comes to high school stuff, we always talk about whose team could be who or whose team did beat who, you know, because there's guys like Kyle Quinn went to Lincoln Way East, you know, and they lost to Loyola, and he's going to say we both lost to Loyola, you know. Yeah. And even like Murph, <laughs> our strength coach, he went to Loyola. So we all just talk stuff to each other. Uh, KC went to Providence. We played Providence. I have a picture that um, got in the newspaper, Chicago Sun-Times, a front cover of a sports page, <laughs> me hurdling Kevin Countryman. <laughs> Literally, oh, no. hurtling him like literally full off the ground. He's under me like this, 
And um, and I showed him the one day because I was like, yeah, I was like, we played you guys. He's like, no way. Like, I don't even remember you. I pulled out the picture. I'm like, oh, I'm like, look at this. He's like, bro, that's me. I'm like, bro, it's you? Like, it was crazy, bro. Like, I had no clue it was him. I was just showing him a picture to prove that we played them. And it was literally me hurtling him. Like, crazy, funniest thing ever since I've been here. Oh, my goodness. Seriously. Dude, that's a classic, dude. That's I mean, with, I mean, that's bound to happen with so many guys on a on a team because obviously there's no sport that's more jam packed in a locker room than football. Right, we got like eighty more than eighty guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we got full squad, and it's like every year they're bringing in thirty freshmen, so it's thirty new friends for me. You know what I'm saying? Like we're all that type. Like everyone in that locker room is my friend. I know a little bit about everyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So. Well, here, let's go a little bit in between the lines, in between Brother Rice and where you are right now at St. Xavier. You did one year of a uh, little JUCO football. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it was at the College of DuPage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so um, at College of DuPage, I went there right out of high school, mm-hmm. and I redshirted my freshman year, and um, that was tough. So I, I spent three years there, and I played one. So I redshirted my freshman year, and then uh, – and that was tough because it's like you're practicing every day in the morning. We had morning practice at DuPage too. Another thing that's pretty tough, you waking up at 5.30 every morning. And on Saturdays, I wouldn't be able to play in the game. You know what I'm saying? So it's like as a red shirt, it was tough to come in and come out. But I think that it made me better now to to deal with that, you know. And then my second year was COVID. Mm-hmm. And JUCO – didn't even have a season for COVID. Like, I know that talking to guys from here, they had a spring season stuff. We didn't have a fall or spring season. So nothing. I had a full year without football. Absolutely And nothing. that was heartbreaking. Wow. That was so hard. The meeting that we had in uh, January, like first week of January after uh, New Year's, they broke the news to us that we weren't going to have a season at all. Because we had a spring schedule planned. We had about uh, six or seven games with uh, teams from, like, uh, a couple of New York teams. Uh, ASA Miami, like teams that we, JUCO teams that we've heard of, we haven't usually played them, but they told us that, and they were like, yeah, we're, we're not going to be able to have a season this year, boys. And literally, like, I started crying. I was like, I can't play for two whole years now. This is what, what my life is right now. And, like, football was what drive me. And, like, why, not exactly why I, I wanted to go to college to graduate college, but where I'm choosing my college was based off of football. You know, so for me not to be able to play for two years, or like I redshirted, but like not actually playing games, that's mm-hmm. what you're there for. You know, playing that game time is a whole different atmosphere. And just for, to not even have the opportunity, it just hurt me so bad. And it was a bunch of dudes crying on our thing. Even the coaches were like choking up because this is what we live for. This is what this is it. We played it. We had a whole season, 2020, no football, not, not even a practice. Not even a practice. Not even a practice. Not they one had, single practice. They had it to where if you lived in district that uh you could play spring ball and it was only like eight guys. Yeah, because they because there's no one that lived um you had to live like in it was like Lombard, Whedon, or like Naperville. Oh. So if you didn't live out there, then you had no choice. And you couldn't live in an apartment because it was COVID. Like, so you couldn't get your housing right because of COVID and everything. It was the most messed up situation I've had to deal with in a minute. So just for me to get back that year after and just to 
do what I could to like get on the field or whatever. Because a lot of guys came back. We had ten running backs in our running back room, and I still had great stat. Like I averaged eleven yards a carry. I had a couple carries over fifty yards. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was still like I still got my redemption. But that one year was the toughest year of my life for sure. And COVID was probably the toughest year for most people's lives. But it was just like everything was piled on me and stuff, and I had to like dig myself out of that. And if it, like now I feel great and I feel like that made me a better person. But in the moment, it was rough. It was so rough. Like it's a lot. Did you guys even have a condition? No, we so um, right before COVID happened, right after my redshirt year, we were working out up until March because March is when we got that full blast lockdown, and we were kind of talking about it like, oh, like. We're not going to get shut down for COVID. Like, what are you talking about? You know, it was in China at the time. No one thought that we were going to get it. So we were like, oh, we're just working out every day, whatever. The one day uh, they were like, yeah, we're not going to have listing today because we need to see what's going on with the, like, if we're going to get locked down or whatever. And we're still kind of like not taking it serious. And then we had a real meeting the next day on Zoom. And they were like, we're shutting everything down until further notice. They were like, you can move out to your apartments and stuff like that. Like, it'd probably be a while. Oh, wow. And we're like, wow. Because we've been working out for two months pretty hard. It would be about now, you know, this the, about this time this year. And it was the beginning of March. And we're kind of like, we've been working out for two months. What do you mean? Like, this is, we're supposed to start spring ball. You know what I mean? And dudes, obviously, we all moved out right away and went home and stuff. But it was like we were waiting on that call to come back, and it never came. Wow. For a full year. Like, that was – like, imagine you were working out. You're like, all right, bet. Like, I, I finished redshirting, you know. I'm ready to go. And I was having a great listing season. Like, I was maxing all my stuff out. And we had to go home, and it was kind of like, what do I do now, you know. I Everything turned to online classes. I was at – at home all day long because you couldn't go anywhere. And it was just like, everything just hit me all at once, you know? Mm. Yeah. It was like a whirlwind just came Seriously. right at you. Seriously. That's all I can describe it as. It's a lot. Even to think about it now, it's like, I don't even know. Like, I know how I got through it, but I don't even know how I just didn't break down a few times, you know? Like, I just, I kept it up for the most part, like the whole time. And I was just, going through day to day and that's kind of what you have to do you have to take it step by step you can't think about because if i would have thought about in a year i couldn't play football i would have meant i wouldn't be able to do nothing then you know what i'm saying but i was still working out i would go to my dad's house and like work out in his basement for hours and like just trying to stay stay in shape stuff like that you know but it was still tough every day it's still tough to get up and do that stuff you know mm-hmm. and you were a freshman in college when that covid did yeah because it was my season, the season before that was the uh, my redshirt year. And then right after the winter break, it was still my freshman year, it was the second semester. Yeah. That's when it happened. And it was, it was insane. Wow. That's, that's an, un, that's unheard of, dude. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you, I mean, it's ideal for colleges to, you know, stay active during spring because it's like the grind never stops. Right. right. But when the grind did stop, that's crazy. I mean, two years, no football. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how, I don't know how you got through it, but all I know is that you got through it. Yeah. That's a, that, 
Yeah, for real, bro. Like, wow. I just got through it. And looking back, it's still, like, shocking me now. Talking about it, you know, it's, like, unlocking those memories again. It's just kind of, like, I'm glad I got through it. Wow. And that's it. I can just be thankful now, you know. Yeah, you can. And speaking of memories, um, you did have one really good memory while you were still a chap. Yeah. Uh, You went from chap to champ. Yes, sir. So, um... That's uh that was pretty cool. Um, two years of turmoil, and the third year you actually play. You actually, you, you guys actually have a season, and you go out and win a national championship. Yes, sir. Like, what what in the world was that experience like? Because I know it's like in high school, it was like brother brother rice ones. The brother rice runs were great. Right. You were knocking on the door, but the door never got blown out. Right. You blew the door. You guys blew the door down. First year back. For, for for you mm-hmm. playing football the way the game that you loved, and you go out and you walk you walk in there and you win a championship. Dude. Yeah, what yeah. in the world were you feeling? That was like the winning the national championship was incredible. That was a whole different experience. We literally in that season it wasn't the easiest season either. We weren't blowing teams out every week. Like we we won the first game against Ellsworth by like three points, and we were away on the road in Iowa, and we didn't know what we had honestly. We were kind of going out there, and Juco, you have a bunch of guys at every position that play, so it's kind of like we're trying to see who can start and who can, like, stay on the field longer or whatever. And QB, we we had three QBs playing that game. Mm. And in college, it's a whole different experience. You usually just have one. Like, you have one guy. Even in high school, you have one guy that's the main guy. And for us to have three QBs that were going in different drives, no one can really get a rhythm. So we weren't really scoring on offense. and But we we found a way to pull that one out. We had a couple defensive touchdowns. Second game, we get blown out by Iowa Central, like 49-7. to Literally, get blown out. And we just have to come back. There was We end up losing um, – I can't remember. We lost two or three games. I think we lost two. We lost to Nassau, who we ended up beating, playing them again in the National Championship. Nassau and Long Island. We went all out to Long Island New York and lost by three. And it was horrible. That feeling that drive home was so different because it's a 17-hour drive on a bus. Oh, my like, goodness. Literally was the worst experience. And um, But, like, the thing about JUCO that I love was that we weren't a university, so we had a lot of connections to, like, bigger schools that we would eat at and sleep at and stuff. We were going to, like, when we went to Long Island, we stayed at Penn State for a night. Like, so it was really cool atmospheres to be in and everything. But uh, getting back to the season – we we had to beat Georgia military to get to the national championship in the second to last week of the season. Mm-hmm. Georgia military was a top 10 ranked division one Juco and we were division three Juco. So we were playing the division up. There's only two divisions. So it's D three B one and we we're playing the division up and they were a top 10 team. They were beating teams that they, they beat a team that beat Iowa central that blew us out. So if that tells you anything, we're like, wow. And we had this is a must-win game. And we're kind of like, what can we do to beat them? Like, what do we have to do to beat them? And we just had to play hard in those football. We're watching film every day, and our coaches are hyping us up. They're like, we believe in you guys. We think you guys have a real shot. We're not BSing you. This is real. Like, we wouldn't – because they kept it real, honestly. At JUCO, it's like a different type of, different type of bond – because they know they only had me for two years or three years max, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like a business on both sides. But for them to tell us that, like they really were confident in us, they believed in us, we felt that. 
Like, we know that they meant it. And we ended up beating them. And they have, like, guys commit to SEC schools, like Auburn, Georgia, stuff like Tennessee, like DBs, D-line, running backs, committed to these big SEC schools. It's Georgia military. They're in the South, but these guys were really going to these schools. And mind you, my freshman year, we got beat by them 49s in Georgia at Fort Benning because they play on a military base and everything. Like, this team is legit. And we go back the next year and we beat them on our home turf to go to the national championship. How that, good did that feel? That one was crazy. It was freezing cold out, and they you could tell they didn't want to be there. They weren't used to the cold, and we were just playing hard-nosed football. We probably rushed for like 300 yards on them, and they they averaged like 150 rushing yards a game. So we put up double what they averaged giving up. We doubled that. We were just running the ball down their throat. We had There was no stopping us that game. There was no stopping us. Seriously, that looked satisfying as a running back to run some to run down the team's throat like that. Oh, for it? sure, for sure. We and it was by committee. It was like all five of us got in the game, and the, it was it was insane. It was insane. Running back commit by committee at his finest, huh? Yes, sir. Seriously. Wow. So I want to take you through the nat the actual national championship game because it was an interesting game. I mean, you guys were up twenty one. And it was like, all right, we're, we're cruising. I mean, yeah, the long journey. Time, yeah. yeah, long journey. We're culminating. We're, you know, I'm sure it was a similar feeling to the Hawaiian shirts at Brother Rice and yeah. stuff like that. But actually putting it, it, putting the work in, in the championship game and, you know, you guys are feeling good. And then all of a sudden you find yourselves down one, less than a minute left to go. And you're like, oh, crap, we need to come up with the drive of the season. Yeah. Three plays later, boom, right oh, there. Sir. Yes, sir. And I got that. And I... The ball is kicked to me on that kickoff, too, mm-hmm. to go into the uh, the end of the game. And I was just like, all right, get as many yards as you can. So I got to, like, I think, like, the 40-yard line or something. And right after I got there, um, our 2B had scrambled because there was nothing open. Mm-hmm. And he got hit. It was a flag, 15-yard penalty. So we, were, we weren't in a field goal range just yet, but they were making mistakes. And we're like, all right, keep making mistakes then. <laughs> and we had, we had one play set up. That we knew if they ran man to man, this play was going to be open. And it looked like they were running man, which is kind of crazy in the end of the game in the National Championship. And you're up by one. I'm not going to lie. That's all. What were you thinking? <laughs> but they're running man to man, and the seam route gets open. The seam route was wide open. I'm watching. I'm like, there's no way this is real. Catches the ball for a touchdown. And we that's how we won. That was We literally we were up 21 at nothing and a half. And everything wrong that could go wrong for us did in that second half. Mm. Fumbles, interceptions, them scoring crazy touchdowns where they're mossing people one hand in the back of the end zone. Like, everything that bad can happen to us did. And we still overcame it and came back. Like, we never had – we always knew we were going to win, and we never gave up. Like, if we if we were down by one, it was 40 seconds left. I don't know many teams out here come back down and try and drive and score. To be honest, a touchdown. A touchdown. You needed a field goal, and you got a touchdown yes. out of that. Yes, craziness. The crowd went absolutely insane for that. Like that was the loudest I've heard a COD game in my. It was a national championship, rightfully so, but that was the loudest game I've been at. Seriously. <laughs> wow, that was the loudest game. Yes, for sure. I I mean, in terms of like that roar at the end. But, like, overall, loudest game that the Maris games that we've had were crazy. Like, throughout the whole game, any, like, big play you would hear. We'll say, like, loudest moment. 
Loudest moment for sure. Okay. That, that touchdown to win the national championship. We were on the sideline going berserk. Like, and our coaches, some of our coaches are going crazy. Some of our coaches are like, chill out, chill out. We don't want to pass it. Like, it was, it was back and forth, you know. But it was such a great experience. I would trade that one in for the world. And I got my ring at home. It was beautiful. You know, it's huge. Mm. Did you ever uh, talk to Matthew Brown after that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My co- Coach Ron, that's my that's my dog. He's He was our O-line coach my freshman year. And um, our head coach, Matt Foster, he's like a legendary coach in mm-hmm. the Juker world. He stepped down because it was kind of getting to the end of his career. And he had got hurt. Uh, he had messed up his knee and stuff. So when Coach Ron came in, he was interim head coach for that COVID year. Mm-hmm. And when we came back, he got hired full time. Like they gave him a real contract for head coach, and he's like, "This is what we're gonna do." Like he took a lot of stuff from Coach Foster, but he also made it his own. And he was always a great coach. Like he always messed with us and stuff like that. But he would always get serious when it mattered. And like on game day, he's a serious dude. Like there is no, he's like legit. We go in there if we're losing at halftime. He's going to get in our butt. Like, he will tell us off. And after that game, like, he literally, after that touchdown, he hugged me in the air and everything. Like, at the end of the game, there's probably a picture of it. He hugged me so high in the air. I'm like, bro, what's going on? <laughs> and and then we had, like, the ring ceremony to come back and get our rings and stuff at their spring ball game uh, the following season. And all the vibes were great, you know. And they just went back to back. They just won again. So he's he's already – solidify his legacy as a coach, you know, and I thought he was a great coach. I appreciate everything Coach Ryan did for me, you know, and talking to him, he'll always be there for me. I can go up there right now and have a conversation with him, you know. So, it was a great experience for sure. Wow. And that was one of your last memories at the College of DuPage. Yeah, that was, that was like the last memory because literally <laughs> <laughs> that was December, January 10th, I was in St. Xavier working out. Oh wow! Yes. So it was a, it was it was off to the next chapter yeah. right immediately. Four weeks later, I was here and I was signed. Everything like it's boom, just like that. Because I had got my associate's degree in that December, that last um semester for me. Mm-hmm. I was there. That was my. It was like two and a half years. It wasn't a full three years because I came straight here after. So yeah. But and then the one year was COVID. It didn't really like. It was a crazy year for everyone. You know. Yeah. But that that was nuts. Coming straight here too, it was a lot nicer because I was I was a commuter there too, so I would have to drive forty five minutes in the morning. I'm leaving out the house at like five ten, five fifteen every morning, and to come here, it's still morning practice, but I could leave out the house at five forty five and be here on time early. You know what I'm saying? I live five minutes away down the street. Yeah. So for me, this was a lot. It was just like it took a lot of pressure off me. You know, the stress was gone. And it was just like I could just enjoy playing football and get my degree in exercise science. And it was more chill. Yeah, I will admit, if I went to a college that was literally the backyard of my old house, uh, high school, yeah, uh, I'd feel pretty good about the dad, the traveling as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I literally wake up, and sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, I can't wake up far. But I'm like, at least I got to drive far. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I wake up now, dude. At least I got to drive far. So. That's all love, you know, and I love everyone here. I think that I really got welcome open arms. They call me Juicy. It's my nickname. So they, they all love me. You know, I love all of them. And I think this year we're going to have a squad. I think this is the year that we go make a deep playoff run, try and get that national championship. First one since 2011, hopefully. So 
I, I'm excited though. I'm real excited. I think I'll get uh, a lot more playing time this year. I got hurt last year, and then my first game back from being, or my first like real game back from being hurt, first carry of the game, 65 yard touchdown. Mm. So I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Game after that, I had 60 yards too on uh, 11 carries, and it just felt good to be like get a lot of carries in the game and like do something with it, you know, mm-hmm. so, being productive. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so talk to me about this past season. Obviously, it was a it was a bit of a roller coaster. Obviously, the uh, introduction to okay, this is NAIA football was a little bit rocky. A couple of losses. Um, we ain't gonna mention you, Indy. Yeah. Um, a- <laughs> but then you guys just ripped off a, a nine nine game winning streak just out of nowhere. Just you know, right. doing with Saints, just doing Saint Xavier things. Mm-hmm. I mean. When you're doing all that winning at a new school after what you had just been through at DePage, what what was that like? Like this is Cougar football that you're talking about, now. right? And that's one of the main reasons I came here because uh, the recruiting process was so quick for me that I had to really like know what I was getting myself into once I went to a new school. And uh, a couple of schools that recruited me, I'm not gonna name any names, but they didn't have a winning season in a long time. So I was like, do I really want to do that? And really deal with losing because losing for me that hits me down because I'm a very competitive person. You can ask all my friends, whoever you know, my mom, my mom and dad will tell you, like I am one of the most competitive people out there. Like I will, we could be playing rock paper scissors, and if I don't win, I would be Superman. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? So for me to come here, I'm like they have a winning culture. This is what I need. This is what I love to do. I love to win, and this is why I, I want to be a part of that. You know, mm-hmm. and um. That was a big thing for me. And then coming into it, and then we lost our first two games. It was tough for me because I'm like, how are we losing games? Like, we were – and we're – not the first game, obviously, at UND. We're not going to talk about it. Second game, we were in the game for a long time, and it's just like we couldn't finish it, you know. Mm-hmm. And our meeting the, that Monday after the game, our captains, especially Joey Mark Sovic, we they came in there and they were like – they just kept it real, honestly. They were like, we need everyone. We need the guys that are redshirting. We need the ones. We need the twos. We need the star guys. We need our kicker, punter. We need every single person to buy in. Or we're not going to do nothing. Like, And we felt that. Like, We felt that. Joey, he said this thing's like, we're rowing the boat. Like, we all got to row it. Or we're going to be left behind. Like, There was nothing we could do. And we, we all took that personal. For sure. I seen it in these guys' eyes. Like, we took that personally. I was hurt at the time after that second game. Mm-hmm. And I still felt it. I was still making sure I was ready. So by the time I come back, I was going to be going crazy, you know, and be one of those guys that contributes. So I think that was the biggest turnaround in our season. I think from there on, you see it in the freshmen's eyes. They were going to break. They were playing hard. And they were making older dudes mad and stuff. Like, they were getting under their skin because of how hard they were playing. And I think that's what is a beautiful thing about football is that you can push that guy next to you as much as you can, and he will get better. Hey, there's no – those results will always come. Mm. Wow, note taken. Yeah. Note taken. That is – I mean, I, I felt like after going – after starting 0-2 that there was going to have to be something that just got lit up under the fire of this team. Yeah. Because – a winning streak like that is just ridiculous. No matter what the situation is, no matter how deep into the season you are, there's got to be something that fuels uh, that turnaround. Yeah. And obviously, that and sounds... And we were winning close games. Yeah. Like, 
these games weren't blowouts. They were close, hard fought games. Yeah, and I will admit that like the losses that we had last year, uh, before you came here, yeah, I was I would look at them and be like, man, sometimes we just just feels like we can't finish when it matters the most sometimes. Right. And even if our even in some of our wins, it's like that's too that's too close for my comfort. Like we should have had that in the back, but. Mm-hmm. seeing you know the run that you guys went on this year yeah the, the early wins they were pretty close and then you guys started just blowing teams out middle way um but obviously the biggest game of the year again for us was the saint francis game yeah um which obviously that's the senior day game that's the you know that's the game that decides who wins the mfsa midwest right. again like, Again, right. like and, and obviously it hits deeper for St. Francis because we beat them in their crib in overtime yeah. last year. I, I got guys that play on St. St. Francis. I didn't. I wasn't here last year, obviously, so it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't feel the same feelings, but I felt it when I got there. That environment, <laughs> I'll tell you that when we were at that game, that was some real hatred to each other. And that's little brother. Like we were calling them little brother to their face. Like we made sure that they knew, you know. But it's still like love for those guys. Like if we were to be um, whoever would make it to the playoffs, like I'm sure they were room for us, and we would root for them too if they would have beat us. You know, we want our conference to still go as far as possible. But like when we're against each other, that's our biggest rival. We're putting you in the dirt. Like mm-hmm. there's no ifs or buts. Could be the last game of the year too. <sighs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's no, there's there, you can't ask for much more intensity than okay, this game could end our season. Yeah, that that is. That's a different feeling, man. No, it is. It is. I mean, my goodness. So you guys undefeated in conference. Um, obviously, there's a hump that we have to get over, and that's winning a playoff game. Right. We've we've got bounced out first round past couple of years. Yeah. So going into next year, what's it going to take for this team to not just win a playoff game again, but ultimately make a deep run and potentially become a national championship contender? It's just. I think it's just the um, the competitive factor, and then when we go down a certain point, we can't. Uh, it's just about our personal mistakes. Honestly, I think that we shoot ourselves in the foot a lot as a team, and there's stuff that you know how they say like pick each other up and stuff like that. Offense picks up defense, defense picks up offense. Mm-hmm. There were so many times where. Offense and defense will shoot themselves in the foot. And there's nothing – you can't pick each other up once you get to a certain point, you know. And so I think that limiting our own mistakes, I think most of the games are us versus us. I don't think any team is really, like, not unbeatable, you know. I think that we every team that we play is beatable. We start the season next year with a tough slate. We're playing Marion and Indiana Wesleyan in the two out of the first three games. And those are two playoff teams that made deep runs last year. So this that's gonna be a test for us too. I know it's early in the season, but that's what you need to be battle tested, you know. And if you're not battle tested, you're not even gonna make the playoffs, personally, in my opinion. So I think that you have to have a couple tough games so you know what to expect when you get to that stage. Understandable. Very understandable. Um I will ask you this because I mean this has been one of my biggest pet peeves about NIA college football. Where are the night games at, man? Man, man. Where are the I night wish, games I at? I wish. Because even DuPage, we had two night games. My uh, last year at DuPage, we had two night games. And that Friday night feel is like, it takes you back to high school. It really does. And I think that we need at least one, hopefully. They had 
um, they had a, a couple uh five o'clock games that when I was hurt that they traveled to like St. Francis had a five o'clock game, but it's really not the night feel. If we had one at St. Xavier at seven o'clock, I bet this the uh stadium's packed. Oh yeah, dude. I bet it's packed. Man, I I kid you not. I went to the UND game last year. Um, it was the home opener. And I'm like, oh, this environment is lit. I'm like, man, we need more of these night games. Yeah. And, and we, we haven't gotten a home night game since. And I'm like, I mean, even though we lost to UND, yeah. it was like the environment, you could feel the energy, especially early on when the game was tied at halftime. Yeah, no, I know. They were telling me all about that. like that, And I've seen all the film. We watch film all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was still great to see that. And you seen that everyone came with that juice, too. Like there was hits everywhere. Is that juice? You know, but uh, it came. There was hits everywhere. Everyone was moving fast. Like that was the fastest game I've seen on film from since I've been here. Like at a Sandy Jaber game. So I knew that they came with it that game for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start a petition for to get some night games, man. Because I don't know, man. It's just something. It's something different about the bright lights. You look up at those lights and you just know this is. This is big time. Like this is this is prime time action right here, man. I mean, you think about all the you know the playoff games that you play. Ideally, those are played like under the lights, and you obviously had a lot of those at uh, Brother Rice and even a couple of games at uh, DuPage. Yeah, night games they just they just feel different. They feel like amazing, literally. Like the night game, the night feel. Under that starry night with those lights on you, it's like you feel like it's a show, you know? And, like, I don't even know how to describe it exactly, but it's a great feeling. I think that, for sure, St. Xavier definitely needs some To make it just that, get the atmosphere up and get fans coming to more games in general, you know? Yeah, and it's it makes perfect sense because it's like when you have all these noon games, it's like people are not going to probably want to wake up after – a Friday night of doing whatever. It may it may have been a long day for most people, right? Because Fridays are, you know, that's the gateway to the weekend. So it's like you got to put your all into whatever you got to do and your business, and then you're probably exhausted Friday night. It might linger over to Saturday morning. You're going to be like, ah, I need to take the afternoon off to do something. Right. Then when the nighttime comes on Saturday, bam, oh, we got a night game. Yeah, exactly. It, it's perfect. Exactly, 100%. 100%. It is, too. And I think that – um Eventually, they probably will start incorporating it. But I understand that uh, timing is tough as well for college football, you know. Yeah. So I can't be, like, too mad at the situation. But that's what makes you not – you don't want to take for granted those high school Friday Night Lights games, you know. That's what – that's where the biggest memories come from, basically. Yeah. And I will admit, I did go to a Brother Rice playoff game this past year. Yeah? Um, Who were they playing? Uh, I think they were playing. I forgot. I forgot who they were. They playing, had won the know. first two playoff games. Yeah, I, I went to. I went. I was in the midst of the playoff run. I forgot okay. who, like, they, who they played at. Collinsville was a purple team. Collinsville, yeah, yeah. Collinsville. Um, I went. I because I was like, you know what? Let me go to a brother rice game. So I took the walk. Yes, I walked. You walked there. Yes, what? I. I it's walked. right there. Though. It is right there. I, I yes, I freaking walked because I I wanted to feel what they were feeling and it was like it, it just felt like crazy now with me going to hf it's like i know what big games feel like but i don't know brother rice looked a lot a little a little different because it's like i mean there's a lot of similarities the fans are crazy the yeah. field is beautiful 
uh, the atmosphere juiced up. Yeah, but, juiced. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, I mean, I was in the stands, and I was sitting right next to the student section. Okay. And so you know that the Crusader Crazies definitely have a rep. Yeah. Sure. Oh, my gosh. It was like, oh, man, they call that's what they call them, the Crusader Crazies? Yeah, Crusader Crazies. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The parallels are even more parallel because they called <laughs> – um, the HF fans, uh, they called us the Kedzie Crazies. Oh, so yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. right down the street, too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, the Crusader Crazies, huh? I'm like, and yeah. then they, they were they were hilarious, dude. I mean, I don't know if it was just this specific batch of high schoolers, but I, they were hilarious. Yeah, no, they they were, they say some crazy stuff. I can't even say that. <laughs> like, literally, there would be some chance where it would be like, um, I can't even say it because it's, yeah. it's vulgar, but um, we would have, we would get away with saying the chant probably like one time and then the teacher would be like, hey, cut it out, you know, like whatever, but we would get that one off though. We would make sure we could say it one time, but, and then we would, um, honestly, they did a lot of research too, because I could only be in the student section during basketball season, honestly, because mm-hmm. I was playing games during football and, um. They would do research on these other teams, and they would have, like, stuff to say to certain players, like, literally. So when it would be, like, personal attacks, then it would get, like, a little real crazy. Like, we got our name for a reason, you know what I'm saying? Personal attacks were, like, they loved that, too. Especially, and then basketball season, they were really doing personal attacks because they're right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. Like, basketball, they're right on the court. Football, it's like there's a track in between, whatever. Gates. Stand, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But... Basketball, the court is right next to you. Like, we are in the stands. The court is two feet away. So they can hear everything we're saying. And they, some guys get right back at us and are mad, too, you know. And we'll get in there, whatever, not get in their face. But we're, like, we're still yelling at them. Like, we don't care, you know. So Oh, that sounds so hype. Yeah, no, it is. It makes it. It makes it a game, too, though. It makes – that's what makes the game. It makes the memories. It makes it intense, you know. Mm, that's crazy, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that sounds just about right, uh, uh, at least coming from my experience at a Brother Rice game. I yeah. mean, I, and there were a lot of big plays that were made, too, so I got to really experience how crazy the crowd can get. Yeah. Like, there was, like, a 80-yard bomb, mm, uh, okay. 80-yard passing touchdown or so, and I just, I, like, the student section was on my right, but I felt my ears getting blown out from the left. Like, that's how loud they were. It was like it. It was insane. Like they were all. They would all just jump up and down. I like the bleachers. I I thought they were gonna break. Yeah, because they were jumping so hard. No, it is like that. I'm like, and we have wooden bleachers in the gym too, so they same thing. Dude, oh dude, goodness. dude. It's like I feel like it's gonna break. Yeah, no, nah, but yeah, that experience was um insane. It was a it was a blowout, so I left a little bit early. Yeah, I hear that. Um, but. No, when I was there, that that atmosphere was was unbelievable. And I, I even when I turned back, I was at the gate going back to the dorm, and I heard a punt get blocked, and everybody just what? went, everybody went stupid, and I just hear the crowd. I just looked, the crowd looked like a bunch of brown and orange dots just <laughs> moving up and down, up and down. I'm like, I was just shaking my head, like, wow, yeah, it's not, it's not so rare for sure, and like. I'll I'll go back from time to time, you know, to work out on the field, and it's still the same love. Like I'll go in there. I still got pictures on the wall and stuff like they have our current college players from Brother Rice playing stuff like that. So it's really cool. 
They, um, it was always a family feel over there, you know, always a family environment. I love my time there. I wouldn't trade it in for the world, you know. So it was a, it was a great experience for sure. Mm. Now, a big question that I have, I always wanted to ask uh, Brother Rice people about this because obviously there's a Mother Macaulay. Oh, yeah. Um, so I would ask how much and how like how involved would those two schools get with each other? Like how involved did you get with um, Mother Macaulay? Did you ever go to, like any of their sports events or was um, there any dynamic between those two schools? Yeah, well, like we had obviously like we have a bunch of friends from over there just because we all live in the area and we go to school right next to each other. But um, we didn't like use any of their facilities. They use our pool for uh, swim and stuff like that. And then we would have, there was always a freshman mass where we would, it would be the whole freshman classes from Brother Rice and Macaulay at Macaulay in their auditorium. That was pretty cool. Mm. But, um, and then their like volleyball games and basketball games, Macaulay was always top ranked and stuff. So dudes would go to their games all the time. And they went to state a few years when I was at, in high school. So they were always good and we would always support them. They came and supported us the same way, you know. And then our cheerleaders would be from Macaulay and, um, Schools like that too, so mm. yeah, yeah, that's an interesting dynamic because I'm like for sure because it's two uh, all gender schools next to each other, you know, like uh, all boys, all girls. Yeah, and it's like you know, it, it didn't click into my head until I saw Brother Rice cheerleaders. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I was I was like, I I mean, the school was so the, the environment was so crazy. I forgot it was an all boys school. Yeah, <laughs> I right. mean, I mean, I'm seeing, I'm I'm seeing all all. All types of fathers and mothers wearing Brother Rice gear, just wearing, just decked out in orange and maroon, and yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I, I've completely forgotten the moment that it was an all boys school, and I'm like, once I realized, I was like, hey, this is an all boys school getting this rowdy, like, yeah, what type of fan base does do these people have here? No, it's Southside football is all different aspect, like, and it's because every team is good too, Mount Carmel, San Rita. Maris, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a gauntlet. That is a real gauntlet. Like, there is no, undeniably, a gauntlet. Mm-hmm. You have no choice but to play a good team week in, week out almost. You're going to have a couple games where it's like a little lesser opponent, whatever, but once you get to the Catholic League games, every game is a tough game. Oh, my goodness, yeah. dude. Yeah, no, that's insane. Yeah, Brother brother Rice was – that. that's an insane experience. For sure, for sure. Um. So, obviously – Football on the field is completely then completely different than being a football fan. I'm sure you have a little bit of football fandom in you, right? Like watching yeah. NFL and oh, college football sure. sometimes. Sure. Uh, you got any? Uh, you got any memories you have of just like watching football games, whether it be with your family or with your friends or rooting for a certain team? For sure, for sure. Like, um, so I live in Chicago, obviously, but I'm a Giants fan. Mm. So my dad is from England. But when he came here, first place he went was, like, New York. So he got really into New York sports teams. So I caught on with him, you know. And so I'm a big Giants fan. This year we obviously did pretty good. But oh, yeah. past years, we haven't been that great. So it was kind of hard to watch, you know, but whatever. But when we picked Saquon, Saquon was, like, my favorite player in college. We got Saquon on my favorite team. I was like, what? It's so crazy. Like, I was so happy. I've watched his journey. I hope we resign him, too, first off. But he is a straight dog. I was – completely hurt when he got a torn ACL, you know. Yeah. But um right here too. I know. That's crazy. Literally. And I know that Soldier Field has been having problems with it. <laughs> you gotta get some new grass. The bears come on out. But um 
Yeah, so that's I like watching the Giants play. This year we absolutely balled out, you know. And then um, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, and then so this year actually, me and my friends went to Monday Night Football, Indianapolis Colts versus Los Angeles Chargers. Oh wow! And the Colts Stadium is beautiful. Lucas Oil was one of the most beautiful stadium I've ever been in. I understand why they had the combine there. Like it's it's all indoor stadium. You can walk around the whole thing during the game. Like it was beautiful. Like something I never seen before from an NFL stadium. It looks beautiful from the exterior and the interior, but actually being in it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's that's crazy. Feeling that, and we had great seats. We we're like a couple rows off the sideline. Like it was it was amazing. Mm. Monday night football, you can't beat it. No, you can't. That's 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 another thing about the bright lights. It's yeah. prime time. Prime time I mean, at nighttime. That's what I'm saying. We gotta make a petition. We're gonna do it. Yeah, me and you together, we're gonna do it. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All I gotta do. All I gotta say is E A G. No, I'm not messing with you. I'm not messing with you, bro. I'm messing with you, bro. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get trucked on air. Come on, bro. No, I'm telling you though that that Eagles playoff loss. I literally was. I didn't turn it off right away, but once they had halftime and we were down like 24, I'm like, how do we even make it this far? (laughs) (laughs) How do we get to this point right now and then get beat that bad? But the Eagles were beating everyone that bad. They beat the 49ers like that after too. Mm -hmm. And I'm a Mahomes guy. So when he beat that in the Super Bowl, I was at the Super Bowl party like, in your face. That felt good. That felt good, dude. Yes. So I got a little, (laughs) after after Giants lost, I still got a little, um, Pick me up from Mahomes, you know. And he's gonna. I think he's gonna be the goat when it's all said and done. Yeah, dude. I think he's legit, and I think that there's no stopping him at this point. Five years, two Super Bowls, two MVPs, two All Pros, whatever. Name all the sets. He got them all. You know. Do you think he needs to win seven rings to be the greatest? No, because I think personal achievement is his is going to be way times higher than Brady. I think that he needs at least five, though. Mm. I think he needs five. And that's a lot, too. But seven is kind of like, if you look at the stats, Tom Brady wasn't the MVP of all of them. You know what I'm saying? And he wasn't, he didn't ball out in every single game. He did. He had good games. He won them the game. Don't get me wrong. He's a winner. But it's not like he had Mahomes stats. Right. He is not matching Mahomes stats on any level. You know, it's a different game now. I get we pass more. But it's still, Mahomes is doing stuff that we've never seen before. Imagine if Brady had a high ankle sprain in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. He would be out for three months. Like, I don't want to hear that. Oh man, it could turn. It could seriously turn into a LeBron Jordan type thing. Oh yeah. It could. Oh it, yeah. It, it I think it will. Could. I think it will just because it's two different generations. You know, mm-hmm. guys that were watching Brady play in like oh two oh three when he's first winning stuff are not the same guys that are watching football now. It is. But they're a lot older now. Yeah. It's a whole new generation that's watching football. In terms of, like, little kids and stuff, too. I was born in 2001. I didn't see the beginning of Tom Brady's career. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's not like I don't have as much. Like, I've seen Mahomes get drafted, sit on the sideline, play his first year, ball out completely, play his second year, ball out completely. Like, it's two different things, you know? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, Mahomes... I mean, people are going to look at the two losses to Brady in the playoffs and be like, he's not the GOAT. He I lost to head. Him. Yeah. Yeah. These they are going to look at the head to head in the postseason. Yeah. Team sport. And I mean, basketball, I, I can say that. Five yeah. people on the court, okay, you better beat this other dude. But it's 11 guys on both sides of the field. 
he can't play defense against Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like it's a whole different thing. I don't know. He would have had three rings if that guy wasn't offsides. That's true. I mean, I mean, if that if if my man, I think it was D Ford. Yeah. If he that if that man did not line up offsides, it was a game ending interception. It was no Mahomes D Ford. Would, the way the Rams played in that Super Bowl, they would have gotten waxed. I know. Oh my god. Yeah, gosh. the Rams. Literally, and I thought the Rams were good that year, and I believed in Jared Goff for a long time, but he just he didn't show up when it mattered. You know. Yeah. That's all that matters. Showing up when it matters. Mm-hmm. I knew. I I had a feeling the Rams were a fluke that year when they got clapped by the Bears on primetime television. I'm like. But the Rams also played one of the best games of all time against the Chiefs on primetime television. Yeah. You know, so it made them look really good. Mm-hmm. And I wish that we had a Super Bowl like that again. Oh, my Just goodness. to see that game. But I think this year made up for all past years of Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. This Super Bowl was amazing. It was a high-scoring game, whatever. That's what people want to see in the Super Bowl. I understand that it's not how every football game is played. But it was two high-powered offenses playing each other. Mm-hmm. And it showed. Yeah. It showed. Can't ask for much more. I mean – a close game in the Super Bowl, that's almost like something you can't really ask much for. Right. You, you can't ask for much better than a close game. Somebody having the ball in their hands down three in the Super Bowl mm. with a chance to drive down and win it. Yeah. And if, if there's a chance they get stopped and they lose it. That You can't ask for a much better situation than that. Yeah, exactly. That's what came down to the last play. And this is the second year in a row we've seen it, too. Yeah. Um, And it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy how good. Super Bowls can be when the game is close. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and this one, this, I mean, Super Bowls in Arizona are goaded. I, oh, let's yeah. just, let's just, let's just square that away. <laughs> Super Bowl, there's yeah. something about, they, they should just have the Super Bowl in Arizona permanently because yeah. we've had three amazing, amazing Super Bowls in Arizona. You got the it's helmet catch. It's something about catch. that red. It's yep. about that red. It's something about it. Now, they'll, they'll say the turf, oh, what, what was wrong with the turf? You know, all these guys are slipping. They've been putting too much paint for the Super Bowl. I hate that they make it like, it's like a spectacle, you know? Mm-hmm. And like everyone's watching the game. They have to promote that it's the Super Bowl. But everyone's tuning in because it's the Super Bowl. You know, I think they could do one. Um, they could do the two uh, Super Bowl logos like at like the 30 on like the hash. But they do not need to put that big of a thing in the middle. <laughs> like there is no way. Two years in a row. Where um, there's guys hurt on the from slipping on the field. Mm-hmm. OBJ tore his ACL in the middle of the field last year. Like that's terrible. That's terrible. Literally, they got to do something about that. And they talking about all oh, the fields over water, whatever. Okay, y'all have to. This is the biggest game. This is making them billions and billions of dollars. You need to handle a field. Yeah, like how do you mess the field up? The field, the most <laughs> important thing. That's the most simplest thing at the same time. Yeah. The conditions of the game. And then depending on, like, how deep a certain team makes, because, we, you know, we had back-to-back years where the team hosting the Super Bowl won the Super Bowl in their own stadium. Mm -hmm. So it's like, depending on, you know, how long it takes for people to know that there's not going to be another game played here until the Super Bowl. Like, as soon as Arizona's last home game was finished this past season. They could have gotten ready. Yeah. They could have done grass. Grew the grass and then have it trimmed all the time, and then it'll be good <laughs> for the game. Like, so I don't know where the disconnect is with that. I think that they will definitely, they're definitely getting a lot more fire now for it. So I think that they will have to change something in order for it to keep the same amount of fans, stuff like that. But um, hopefully, they're good with it. Hopefully, I, I believe 
I believe in Roger Goodell, even though he lets us down. <laughs> it's okay. We're going to see where he comes from this year. Hopefully, he's a change of heart. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see about that. But uh, one last question before I let you go, man. For sure. So when you factor in your time playing football as a little kid, as a crusader, as a chap, yeah. as a champ as well. Yeah. And <laughs> now looking at your time here as a cougar, you're starting it off. When you graduate from here and you look back at, you know, the things that you have done, and you're ready to go out in the real world and you're ready to do whatever it is that you want to do with your exercise science. Um, what do you think you want your legacy to be here? Here, I just want to be known as a hardworking person and a guy that goes out on the field and balls out, you know, and like every day in practice, I made it a mission to get someone better, you know, like play my best, but also get someone better by making them work. You know what I'm saying? And I think that everything is so cohesive that you have to put in the work to get um, to get work out of it, too. You know what I'm saying? And in terms of my legacy, I just want to be known as a hard worker for the most part and as a good friend. You know, that that means a lot to me, too. I try and be friends with literally, like I said, I get 80 guys in the locker room. I got 80 friends. And I really mean that. Like, I'm going to talk to every single person in that locker room and try and get to know something about every single person because that's my guy for life now. We play on the same football team. We go through all that. We get up in the morning and run together. That means a lot to me in itself because I'm putting in that work and I know you are, too. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to be known as a hard worker and a good friend for the most part. Yeah, I I've, I can attest to that. Um, just seeing the times that you would show up as at the, at my neighbor's dorm, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Us, uh, Joe Pole and Sacco. <laughs> That's my guy, Joe Pole. Me and Joe Pole have been um, hanging out since we were little kids. Like I went to Southwest right here too, down the street, the right down the street, right, right here. down the street. That's where I went to K through third grade. Oh my goodness. That's what I'm saying. So I've been in here forever, and like. Me and Joe Poe went to school together at Southwest, and we would be hanging out playing football as little kids, you know. So, like, that's that's a long bond that we that'll never break. And just to, like, see how far we've come is crazy from that point. For me going to that school, and now I'm going to the college down the street. Like, it's crazy. It really is. Mm. But that's football, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. Anything can happen. And any time, like, it's nuts. It really is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's that's I mean that's that's a thing of beauty when you think about it, man. For sure, just, for sure. And I was thinking when you asked the questions, like, dang, like really got deep in my thoughts for a second. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so no, I appreciate that though. And this this is a great experience all around for sure. Just talking, like, let my mind go, you know. And that'll do it for another episode of the Player Profiles podcast. Special thanks to Jesse Plunkett for taking the time out of his day to come and do this interview with us. And as usual, so long, everybody. Oh, one last thing. How could I forget? Can I get a Yes, sir. Go Cougs, baby. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com, for more information on your escape from Ordinary Radio.